Welcome to the Respect the Math podcast brought to you by Reliable Tech Help. For all your IT needs, call Reliable Tech Help at 502-797-7399 or visit our website at ReliableTechHelp.com. That's ReliableTechTechHelp.com. I'm your host, Digital David Snyder. Here at the Respect the Math podcast, we talk about everything from technology to business to science, popular culture, and more. Basically, the things I'm interested in because I'm kind of selfish that way. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and podcast apps from Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, iHeart, and others. Please interact with us online, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share our content. We'd love to hear from you. Today, our guest is Jason Cross, and he's with Small Job Service. Jason, welcome. Thank you, Dave. Digital Dave. Yes, sir. Mr. Digital Dave to you, hopefully. Pardon me. Moving forward. Uh, yeah, so thanks for being here. Tell us about Small Job Service, the service you offer to your clients, and uh, um, anything else you'd like us to know. Sure. Thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, we've known each other a little while. I mm-hmm. uh, appreciate you inviting me on. I think it'd be and around 13 years at this point. Yeah. It just feels it like feels, 25. It yeah. feels like at least 25. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we met each other. Uh, I was in a different business, but we were still friendly and saw each other around town here and there. But... I have been with Small Job, uh, founded Small Job, uh, started Small Job, just basically helping my mother. Uh, my mother was aging in place. She was older, lived alone, and she would say, you know, can you come over and change light bulbs? Can you come over and pick up the limbs in the yard? Can you get the Christmas out of the basement? Uh, fortunately, she uh, was really smart about staying out of the basement and doing you know, not getting on step stools and things like that. And she was able to never break anything and never fall. So I was uh, in a retail uh, sales career and had a young son and really didn't want to work the Saturday hours and the longer evening hours uh, because my son was smaller. So I thought, you know, I think there's a niche, there's a need for helping seniors primarily and busy professionals to do odd jobs. So I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a trained handyman uh, per se. Uh, I do really light cosmetic fixes, but um, the idea behind it was just to help people do checklists of things. And our logo is actually a to-do list in a pocket, like in a denim pocket, which you see right here, if you can see it. But um, so that was the idea for it. And uh, that was around 2016. Uh, did that for my mom before she passed away, like 92 uh, back in 2017, but that was really how it started, and we've been growing and doing all sorts of odd jobs ever since, uh, including moving seniors in and out of facilities. A uh, number of facilities call me, uh, and professionals in the industry call me, and you know, sometimes there's a crisis and it needs to be done tomorrow or whatever within 24 hours, and so because our appointments. I can do two and three and every once in a while, four jobs in a day, I'm able to do a little bit of, I have some flexibility with my schedule. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we, we're available, you know, not way far out. Um, so that's kind of what we do, uh, really just odd jobs. I turn down a lot of plumbing and electrical and carpentry because that's just not our, that's not our niche. Yeah, and you have to be licensed to do a lot of that stuff. And the other stuff, like you said, it just shook out the way it, the way it shook out was you just don't do that. Um, I want to talk about your business. Uh, most great ideas and great business come out of solving a practical problem. In your case, it was helping your mom. You figure, well, she's not the only one who's going to need this kind of thing. That's right. And to give a backstory on that, you came to me, I think it was around 
the fall of 2015 with an idea in a notebook, right? You just sketched out some ideas yeah. and I was happy to advise you. I'm always happy to help anyone in any way I can as a part of my lifetime ahead of paying it forward for the people that have helped me. And of course, you're my friend, so I wanted to help you too. But, uh, you know, looking back seven, almost seven years ago, you've got a nice business now. And it all started from A, an idea on a piece of paper that actually A, the, the idea came from helping your mother and seeing yeah. there's probably other people that need that. And then B, sketching out an idea and starting a business. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to mention also that I've used Jason and his many services for several things, both at our home and our rental property. And uh, Jason does great work. The people that he, are on his team do great work. He's got the uh, resources in terms of a truck and a trailer, the tools necessary. I mean, if you take a job and you show up, you're going to have the right amount of labor and resources and tools uh, to do that job. And I just wanted to mention a few of the things Jason's done for us. He's painted a deck. He's uh, done some... Uh, well, light to heavy landscaping when it came to ripping out old... Holloway. Yeah, Holloway Hall stuff. Holloway. Um, you've helped us uh, pick up rocks and help with landscaping there, remove trees, fencing. Um, trying to think of a couple... Oh, pressure washing's a big one. Yep, did yeah, did the driveway. And I got to tell you, Jason was trying to, you know, get me to pressure wash my sidewalk for a while, and I was like, I don't see the benefit of that. And then I saw someone who had it done, and I was like, oh, now I see the benefit. And so Jason came out and did it, and it's night and day. I would encourage anybody listening who's considering doing that. It's, I mean, if you, don't, if you have a nice yard and everything else in your house makes a good presentation, looks good, you got a dingy driveway and sidewalk, just you know, look at some of the before and after pictures from people that have done it, yeah. and, and it's, it's worth it. I highly recommend that. So I'm going to have Jason do that for me uh, here soon. I think I'm also going to have him uh, stain, if he wants the job, stain a fence over to our rental property that we put in. So Yeah. Yeah, so just About that, time you got that put in. That's right, yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to give you a personal uh, testimonial there. Jason I appreciate does, it. Yeah, Jason does great work, um, and uh, he's reliable and uh, prepared and reasonably priced, most importantly. So he's not the cheapest guy in town, but the cheapest guy in town doesn't do good work, and he doesn't show up on time, and there's always a price to be paid for, you know, trying Thank to. Thank you. Yeah, so, and he's certainly not the most expensive. So I want to get back to this idea of starting a business because I think it really applies to you and it's a topic I think a lot and I end up talking to people about a lot. Um, you, you didn't follow the exact path that I suggested and that's fine. Everybody has to find their own path. But uh, I want you to kind of comment on some of the steps that you took that might have been kind of not the traditional route that people would think when they start a business. Um, for example, I have people come to me and say, hey, I want to start a business. I need a website. I need an LLC. I need a contract for service. I need business cards. I need teach all that stuff. I tell people, slow down. Right. Let, let's develop your product. Prove or the concept. Prove the concept. Let's develop yeah. the product or service that you're offering. You can go out and do that. Uh, I also recommend when someone's doing that to at least have a part-time job and preferably a full-time job to take the financial pressure off of mm -hmm. uh, starting a new business. Sure. I've personally seen a lot of businesses come and go, and I'm sure you have too. And a lot of those that died early on died because of bad decision-making. And a lot of that dis bad decision-making was influenced by financial pressures. So if sure. you've already got a job that gives you decent pay and some health insurance and some, right. some stability, that's a, I always tell people the best time to start a business is when you already have a decent job. You just want to do something more. And if they don't have one, I tell them to go find one, even if it's serving coffee at Starbucks. Trust me, it's yeah. going to save you, you know, down the road. And so... Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely that. started, I know you started out when you were working for somebody else, uh, yeah. and you started out nights and weekends from what I remember you telling me, but for me, I uh, wanted to leave that retail job, and so I actually had a pretty clean break from doing that, um, selling tile, 
and just for the, my schedule. And so the first first year or so, I mean, those were really tough because I was, uh, you know, trying to create a job out of nothing. And, uh, you know, the the obstacle was, you know, well, I do, I'm not really a traditional handyman. And so I kind of had to train train my customers and train my friends to, to what it is that I actually do and, you know, what I don't do. So I don't, uh, like I said, do the traditional plumbing and all that. So, I mean, the, it, the first year and a half felt like three because it was really slow and I was using uh, B&I and some networking, um, a little bit of social media, graphics on my truck, things like that. But, I mean, it was, you know, not being a new business owner, I didn't know. I thought, oh, well, six months or a year and I'll have plenty of customers. But, I mean, it just really does take time. So, yeah, it's nice now, you know, most people that come in contact with my number or friend of a friend or friend, uh, most of them in year five or six have an idea of what I do. I don't have to have those conversations like, well, I don't, and I refer a lot when I can, Mm -hmm. uh, because there are plenty of things that I don't do. Um, and I do that on a weekly basis, but, but yeah, I really like this niche. I like what we do. Uh, I like helping seniors a lot. Um, and it's, you know, very busy. Uh, I don't do a lot of advertising a lot. A lot of times people, uh, pass my name around, uh, to friends and family. So a lot of it is referral based. Yeah, and uh, uh, to kind of handle the ramp up of your business as it grows, at a at a trajectory that's manageable for you, you don't necessarily want to go and saturate the market with advertisements because the worst thing that can happen to it is you get more work than you can handle, right? And that can be negative for your reputation as a business owner, right? Uh, so it sounds like you kind of grew it on that nice, slow, but pretty steady. organic, yeah, yeah, pretty slow and organic. And uh, I've got a couple of people with me now uh, in the busy season, so and you know got pretty, pretty carefully selected people that, you know, I trust to can deliver what we say we're going to do. So, uh, they're actually out doing, uh, an exterior job, uh, for a regular past customer, um, right now, which allows me to be here, which is nice, but I'm normally, I'm, I'm at every job every day. Yeah. I want to talk about the concept of validation in the business game. Um, one way that you, you can validate that your uh, idea or product or service is it, A, a good idea, and B, being executed properly, right? It has to be both, right? You can have a great idea, not execute it properly, and vice versa. One way to validate that is positive cash flow, right? If you got money coming in above and beyond your expenses, called profit or salary, however you yeah. look at it, um, that's validation from the marketplace. The second validation is in, like you said, the referral-based growth, where it's organic. If you're not doing a good job in honoring your commitments uh, to your clients, you're not going to get that natural, right? Uh, you know, gradual, ripple effect of yeah. helping a customer and them telling their neighbors. Yeah, right. and, so, and so I'm big on, if anybody's listening to this, think, thinking of starting a business or early on in the process, think about that term validation. A, you want the marketplace to validate your idea and how you're executing it, and B, you want validation in the form of referrals, right? Right. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, too, uh, we, we touched on briefly earlier, you know, starting up a business, I need A, B, C, and D, and I'm like, well, you do, but not necessarily right now. Go, go prove the concept, yeah. like you said. My, what I tell people is, I'm advising someone right now on this, is make your customers pay for that. Right. You want a nice website? Go make five thousand dollars in profit and have your customer pay for that. Mm-hmm. Right? I think um, one thing is important, too, when starting up a business is to remain open minded. And I told a friend of mine yesterday, you don't know where the business you're starting today is going to take you six months from now. 
you might have this path in your mind. It's going to be A, B, and C, and it ends up being D, E, and F. And if you've locked yourself into a branding strategy or all this long-term advertising uh, commitments and all this stuff, and all of a sudden six months, your life takes a turn and you end up doing something totally different. Right. The money that you put in all that stuff and the uh, resources and the effort and time you put into it's wasted. So that's another reason to kind of do the gradual organic growth, um, not putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. Can you comment on, can you comment on that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I had a name change. I, uh, my first six months I was small stuff service. I found my old original business card, uh, which was white instead of green. And, and Mm -hmm. I had a little 500 box count of them. I found them in my storage. So I changed the name after, uh, about six months because it wasn't descriptive enough. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, it's been, it's served me well since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really happy with my logo and my branding and my name because, you know, I just, it's like, well, we, we do small jobs, you know, most of our jobs are, you know, $500 or less, you know, we can do several in a day typically depending on what it is. Um, so, but yeah, following where, you know, the, the jobs were, I ended up getting into helping these, you know, certain senior facilities got my number and, um, call me regularly, uh, to do move-ins and move-outs for their customers. And obviously I was looking at the senior market, but I had not really, really pointed in that direction originally, but, you know, we've kind of added trailers and, you know, I've got a couple of trailers that we use open and cargo trailers. So, you know, I, I have to, uh, I have to pay attention to what, what it is people need and, and decide, you know, try, you know, I try a lot of new things all the time and some things I, I want to do again and I'm happy to do again, but some things I might say, well, I don't think, I don't think that's for me going down the road. Uh, but I mean, it's, there's a lot of decisions like that that have to be made. And like I said, I, I don't, I like all my fingers and toes. I don't need to get, want to learn carpentry. Don't really want to get into the carpentry market. I, it's just not a space that we want to be in. There's just yeah. a lot of great people out there doing that. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like where we are um, and we will, you know, change if we need to and expand if we need to. But uh, really, I've just followed, you know, what I originally thought of, and um, and it's kind of grown from there. Like I said, with the senior moves. So you agree? Be open to and put yourself in a position to be able to pivot mm-hmm. in case you discover things you didn't even plan on doing, right? Absolutely. And you, that's worked well for you, I would think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like I said, we we do. I've got a couple of uh, tool rooms uh, that I have. Just so many different things that I've acquired. Uh, you know, we. I got post hole diggers for a uh, uh, third oh. third birdhouse for a customer, a repeat customer, and oh. uh, we went out and put a third birdhouse in his backyard yesterday. And so, you know, I something like that we'll do again, but it's not something that you know I'm really advertising. So there's just a lot of a lot of the things that I will be happy to do again. But every once in a while, it's like you know I don't think I want to do that again, yeah. and we'll take that in consideration if we get another call on that. Yeah. I also wanted to mention this too, and forgive me if I'm crossing a line here, but uh, if, if anybody's listening and they're not afraid of a little hard work and they'd like to supplement their income, are you still looking for people to help you out? 
Sure. Always looking for hardworking helpers. Um, you know, they're, they're not easy to, to hang on to. Yeah. Uh, A to find and B to keep. (laughs) Exactly. I've had, I've had a couple that, you know, I mean, it's very, very common with small businesses. People, um, you know, stay for a while and then move on to something different. Um, I try to be really fair and pay well and, you know, have good working conditions, buy lunches and, yeah. You know, I'll even pick helpers up if I need to. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So if anybody's listening or someone listening who has a family member, a friend, a neighbor, somebody looking for some work, college, uh, somebody home from college, able bodied uh, can do some physical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Great. We'll keep absolutely. that. Yeah. Let's keep that in mind. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, the, the, uh, the handyman topic because there's handyman work and then there's small job service. And there's a little bit of crossover, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly like you don't do. You call it light handyman stuff, right? So you might change a light uh, in an unreachable ceiling fixture or something like that for someone. Yeah, I don't do drywall. I turn down a lot of drywall work. I do little patches. Uh, I do kind of like small cosmetic repairs. I've, you know, changed a couple of top rails on decks, you know, deck boards, things like that. But, you know, I'm very, very basic with the carpentry and uh, the interior repairs. And like I said, I just really don't touch plumbing or electrical. So uh, I hang heavy pictures. I hang TVs. Um, a lot of people pre-move and post-move will find find us. And, you know, we've got a room that we need to clear out to make it into a guest room for an in-law or for a guest. And we need the sofa downstairs and we need uh, the refrigerator needs to go. And we've got a new refrigerator coming in. Can you take it to the basement or take it to my uncle's house down the street? So I did that yesterday uh, for a family, went from Prospect to uh, Bancroft just for a fridge replacement family member getting rid of it to the other one and the other 30 year old fridge went to the dump. So we yeah. went to the dump a couple times yesterday for people. So lots of Holloway, lots of kind of inter- interchangeable stuff. Um, I, I have a, a basic understanding of what, what moving uh, people will charge, but a lot of times people don't really need the stuff off site. So, like I said, interior moves uh, are pretty big. Uh, people getting their floors redone mm-hmm. will put it in a pod or put it in the garage or bring it upstairs while they have hardwoods put in or vinyl put in or whatever. So, you know, we just we try to be flexible to whatever it is um, that's on their list. So, you know, and, and like I said, typically it can be under $250. That's, that's a pretty average size ticket for for a lot of our jobs. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention again is uh, don't be so price sensitive when you're shopping. I want to know what the value is I'm getting. And the value is a function of yes, the price, that's a big part of it, but also what I'm getting in return for what I'm spending. Right. Um, and so I would challenge people, you know, who, who ask you for a quote, don't please have this hard number in line where if it exceeds that number, it, it's not worth it. Jason is a local business employing people in our local community and he himself tries to patronize other local businesses and local Absolutely. people. Absolutely. I think I've ordered one thing off Amazon. I am wow. a pretty big local uh, Independent supporter. Scene. Yeah, you yeah. know, I just don't, uh, I don't, I don't click and buy. I, I like to drive and see faces in stores and things like that. So, um, you know, but, but to your point, you know, I think sometimes look at me and people, people kind of wonder, well, don't you want to do you know, bigger things. And I look at it like I am solving a problem. 
And a lot of people are frustrated because they don't know who to call. Do they call a mover company for, you know, just hauling away a fridge either to the dump or to a family member's house and swapping things or whatever, you know, we're getting our floors redone. Who's going to put pull all our furniture, you know, in the garage or in the basement. There's just not a lot of places advertising that. So I enjoy uh, being the go-to guy for people because, you know, that's like I said, we're kind of in this little corner that, um, and maybe I have uh, way more competitors than I realize, but you know, a lot of people seem very relieved when they find out, Oh yeah, I can do that. Can you do it tomorrow? Actually, I might be able to move some things around and get it done for you tomorrow. So nice. That's a really strong uh, value you're bringing to the marketplace. I want to tell people too, listening that Jason's going to be honest with you. Um, he might not be the lowest price, um, but he will tell you, you know, this is what it's worth for him to meet his bottom line and take care of his people uh, and to pay the expenses of running his business. And he'll also tell you if he's not a good fit for your project. He's not just out there trying to sign up everybody because you turn away some projects too because you want what's best for the customer, right? Especially early on. I mean, there were jobs that I was in over my head on. And um, I'll give you an example. I was called to uh, move a dishwasher, which on the phone I thought was just was disconnected and it was just moving it. You know, they were moving and needed to swap the dishwashers cause one was better or whatever. So I got there and realized that the dishwasher was connected. Well, there's several connections on a dishwasher and I've never really done that. Mm-hmm. So I called a plumber friend of mine and uh, paid him to take care of that because I didn't want to leave my customer in the lurch and uh, I didn't want to damage their home uh, or cause a leak, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He's so, kind of in a lawsuit. Yeah. Well, you know, water. I just, I just am very careful around water. I don't want that liability, and I just don't know enough about it. So, yeah. You know, I could probably watch five or ten YouTube videos and figure out how to swap dishwashers, but I just don't really want that. Yeah. So anyway, the point is, I you know said, hey, you know, these actually, I thought they were connected. So let me get a plumber over here. Uh, and she was on a huge time crunch. So anyway, that's an example of, you know, maybe we got our wires crossed and I didn't realize what you had here, but let's go ahead and try to get it fixed really quick. Yeah. And I'm assuming that plumber, uh, cut into your margin pretty heavily too, but you Big did time. the right thing for the customer, not necessarily for yourself. Big time. Yeah. And this customer had just lost a, a spouse and was under a lot of stress. And I, you know, kind of, shot myself in the foot with a volunteering to do that. But that's, I did it and I moved on because I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to not honor my, you know, what I said I was going to do. So, so yeah, I say no a lot. Um, and, um, but I try to make it right. If I, you know, things happen. Yeah. And, uh, if I have to, you know, do some touch up, uh, or, or whatever, yeah. um, you know, we try to make it right by the customer. You're going to do it right. You want to be doing business with these people 10 years from now, not just have a one-off relationship with them and never see them again. So yeah, but Louisville's a big, small town. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's incredible how s- many of my customers, uh, know each other or, yeah. you, you know how it is. I mean, it's like three degrees of Kevin Bacon. Well, and especially the people who have the disposable income to hire someone like you in the first place, that's an even smaller subset of the community. Yeah. And, you know, working with seniors, uh, I have to be pretty patient and understanding because sometimes uh, communicating uh, can be a challenge. Yeah. 
So Yeah, we call that integrity. Jason has integrity. I wanted to point out something else to the people listening. Um, if you try to beat somebody up on their price, their work is going to suffer if they end up working for less than what they think they deserve. So I think that's a very important thing to point out. I wanted people to do uh, business with me and be enthusiastic and charismatic about it because they know I didn't try to take advantage of them and beat them up on the price or give them terms that were unrealistic. So. Yeah. What I was going to say uh, before going off on the dishwasher tangent was that I try and give a range. Um, you, know. you don't know a lot of these projects. Well, you know, and when, when I'm even, if, even with a picture on a text, I'll often ask, you know, do you have a picture of how big is this bookcase or how long is this sofa or, you know, yeah. how small is this doorway? In a lot of the older neighborhoods in Louisville, you have crooked staircases with landings. You have tight doorways in St. Matthews, Crescent Hill, Frankfurt Avenue, wherever. Mm-hmm. And that makes a difference when you're just moving a fridge to the basement or just moving a couch down the stairs, it should take you 30 minutes. Right. You know, often doors got to come off, legs got to come off. Sometimes you got to do some origami yoga to mm-hmm. try to get these things through doorways. So I try, uh, I've learned in the last couple of years to try and give a range, you know, 250 to 300, 250 to 75. So there's no surprises. Uh, and that way they kind of know. I just had a new customer um, who had not worked with me, and I think she saw me on next door. And I said, it's going to be, I think it was 200 to 250. And so afterwards she said, okay, what do I owe you? And I said, you know, the lower part of the range because she was a new customer and because that was the amount of time that it took me. So yeah. I, I'm not always pushing the range. And it's hard to tell the whole story of what the job is going to involve from one Especially picture. even with phone pictures and texting. Yeah, it I, helps, but it's not the whole picture by a long shot, right? I love talking to customers that call. And, you know, a lot of my customers do, but busy professionals often will text. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of people prefer text. But just texting, I really think, is not nearly as effective because just talking to somebody on the phone, it makes it, it – it's more um, – I have more information and more urgency because I'm more invested than, you know, seeing my text thread with, you know, 50 customers texting me. Okay. So I prefer uh, actually being, and I'm often in the car and I don't like to text in the car. So talking to somebody on the phone, just got off the phone with a new customer. He wants, wants me to go over there. And, you know, it was really funny because he was telling me the exact turn by turn to get into his neighborhood. And I've lit, I've got oh. friends I've been to <laughs> on their street and he spent about four minutes telling me where, and I said, yes, sir, I've actually been on, <laughs> been on your and they street. Keep going. And they just keep going. <laughs> it's like, let me tell you, it's, it's off, the third blue mailbox. Across he's like, from it's the- off light. Do you know this road? Do you know Brownsburg? <laughs> yeah. Do you know Blank and Baker? And I'm yeah. just like, yes, sir. Oh, you're on that street. Yes, sir. My friends, I've been to a Super Bowl party on that street. More importantly, Apple, Max but I would rather is- have that, you know, yeah. that than you know, please move my fridge, you know, and not have any pictures and just have very, very basic information. So, yeah. So I understand, sir. I've been there. And more importantly, Apple maps has been there and has a very, very good acquaintance. Yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> is acquainted with that, but I would much rather have somebody long winded on the phone than get not very much info on a text or a little picture. Yeah. So customers listening, potential customers, call him, call him. That helps him help you. Correct. It does. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the concept of what I call a gorilla startup. Um, you followed a lot of the advice I gave you early on. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I t- tell you, don't worry about a website, just buy a domain and then point it to a Facebook business page. You did that, right? I did. And how did that work for you? Can you comment on that? 
That that has worked. Uh, a lot of my stuff is straight from social media, which I I do have some presence there. I don't have a huge presence there, but um, I I do have the a couple of domains, and I do. Some people say that they Googled me, but but a lot of my stuff is just primarily Facebook and word of mouth. Yeah. Now, do you actually have a website now, or do you still just redirect to your Facebook business page for your domains? I still have just the just that. So yeah. you haven't even needed the cost of a website. I don't pay anything for a website. Yeah. No. And you get plenty of business. You probably get more business just by being on Facebook than you do even if someone would try to find you. On yeah, the I don't, I don't do any kind of, uh, advertising like that. It's like I said, so much of it is word of mouth and, um, it's been growing at a pretty steady clip. So I really haven't dove into a whole lot of social, uh, you know, as far as beefing up a website and, and all these things. So, yeah, you know, the technology curve is so exponentially rising. Um, I think the website is almost obsolete now unless you're do, doing some type of uh, platform-specific e-commerce where you have to sell it through your website. I would love I would love to build it up, but, you know, it's uh, it, it's I haven't really just jumped in there because I feel like once I jump in, you know, I want to have a, I want to have a good one and I want to have multiple pages, but it's just I, it's not been necessary. I don't see the ROI, do you? Well, I mean, I've gotten some some figures on it, but maintaining it, um, I just I just feel like I haven't needed it yet. Yeah. So that's one tip I wanted to share with the audience. Jason took that advice, and as you can tell, it worked for him. Yeah. Um, when I started this Re Respect the Math podcast as a business entity, I bought I bought respectthemath.com and respectthemathpodcast.com. I did exa exactly what I advised you to. So I I'm walking the walk not just talking to talk when I advise yeah. people, I do the things I suggest people do. And so for, what was it? $15 a year, you can have a, a domain, a website address for those who aren't familiar with that term. Right. And you can just go in and tell it every time someone types it in to send them straight. It's called a redirect straight to a Facebook yeah. business page. You can create in 30 minutes for free. Mm -hmm. Right. And so mm -hmm. you effectively have a website and it didn't cost you anything. True. And that's kind of the theme with guerrilla startup. There's a famous marketing advertising book called um, guerrilla marketing. And so I was kind of inspired by that to call it grill startup. Mm -hmm. Something else I wanted to mention, I think is obsolete these days is our business cards. You hand out a lot of business cards, you know, people, you know, especially older generation love a business card. Yeah. And I often, uh, so you text. have to keep them. Yeah. But I mean, I will text a photo of my business card often. There you go. Because you know, what if, what if they lose it? If I text them a photo of it, you know, a lot of people put them on their desk or their, their fridge or whatnot. But yeah. yeah, I will often text a business card, but yeah, I mean, like in our networking groups and things like that, I don't, I don't carry people's cards. I have their information digitally. Yeah. And in your address book on your Android or your iPhone, whatever it might be, do you do the share contact thing yet? Cause I do that all, all the time. All the time. I call it the modern digital business card. Yeah. I mean, you know, you still probably need to have business cards at some point for the old school folks, but I mm -hmm. think that's another expense people often assume they have to incur and you really don't. Yeah. No, I've done postcards, uh, some postcards that I've handed out, you know, at, at customers' houses and, you know, had an offer on there or something like that. But, but yeah, business cards, uh, they're still necessary, but so much of it, you know, and I will refer, I referred somebody to a plumber friend uh, yesterday. So I use the share contact a lot. Yeah. Big yeah. Time. Something else I wanted to mention was advertising. Uh, I think a lot of people waste a lot of money on advertising. I have done that. Yeah, I have too. Not a lot, but uh, my, my fair share. Yeah. And I think what we had the same mixed results at best, right? Some response, not nearly worth yeah, it. No, yeah, no, I did a, uh, I did a print 
print, uh, neighborhood print deal. And I really was excited about it. And it was, you know, in an area where I had regular customers already and enjoyed working in that area because it wasn't super far from my house. And it was, it was disappointing. So I'm, I'm definitely just primarily interested in digital and, you know, just continuing the word of mouth, but, but yeah. digital I think is, is best for us. Yeah, another tip for people uh, trying to start a business on a budget is the concept that my advisor gave me a long time ago called low-lying fruit. And what he meant by that term is you already have within two to three degrees of separation of the people you already know, friends, family, coworkers, associates. Yeah. There's enough connections there. Just call that person up and say, I want to, I want to call and tell, you know, say hi to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm starting a new business. Could, could you possibly think of two or three people that might need some help or something? Right. If you make those phone calls, that's free except for your time, obviously. Sure. Uh, but that can be very effective. Uh, did you do any of that early on? Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, uh, people that knew me in my, my immediate circle and, and they, and they, you know, helped me promote, promote small job you know, to their friends and family and neighbors. So that is absolutely an asset just to, like you said, it's low hanging fruit. I mean, you got to go for, for what's closest to you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that that worked for you. Are there any other tips you can give the audience that uh, allowed you to grow your business at a manageable rate, but also allowed you to uh, minimize the cost of doing that? Can you think of anything else? You know, um, I do, uh, Vehicle graphics uh, were really helpful. Uh, regular networking group uh, is helpful. Let's come back to that. Talk about the vehicle graphics. That's relatively inexpensive. Several Pretty hundred, inexpensive. And, you know, I've had people uh, say, "Hey, I'm behind you," or "I was behind you an hour." You know, an hour nice. ago, I took a picture of your tailgate. Um, you you know, get that frequently? Can you do that enough? Uh, every every couple months. So every it's paid for months. itself then. But I notice when I drive my trailer around, which has my signage on it, bigger signage, that I get more views on my page because, you know, it's a little bit of a billboard. So it definitely it definitely increases awareness and and calls too. Yeah. For let's, sure. Let's come back to what you mentioned earlier, regular networking. Let's go ahead and pl plug what, in my opinion, is the greatest networking organization on the planet, BNI. That's B like business, N like a network, I like international. I, we met each other through BNI a long time ago when I think mm -hmm. you were doing, was it uh, ADT? Security. ADT Security, yeah. yeah. And so I encouraged you to join the group that you're in now. Go ahead and give them a plug. Sure, yeah. Brownsboro Road chapter of BNI. You guys meet Louisville. Tuesdays, 1230, Big Spring Country Club. That's right, that's yeah. right. And it's, it is Big Spring, not Big Springs. It's, it's singular. It's actually, it's did you, only you one didn't know spring? that? Oh, yeah, it, it, that's one of my pet peeves. You look at the sign, it's Big Spring. Yeah, Everyone that's true. calls it that's Big true. Springs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I call it Big Spring. Yeah. Uh, no, this group is a great group. Uh, a lot of the guys, there's four founders who are still in it, started about 18, 19, 20 years ago. And we're like a $3.5 million a year group. We've had as many. When I joined. Explain what that means, three and a half. Well, as far as business passed, uh, there's an app and the activity passed, referrals passed between the, 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 the members um, is tracked through an app. So after I complete a job for somebody, I put in thank you for closed business. You know, what member gave me the business? Was it themselves or was it a second tier, somebody that they sent me? Mm -hmm. um, I have referrals. I may send you a referral and you know, you get that notification and then if it turns into business, then you would track that thank you back to me. So we, before COVID, we were, and we were live at Big Spring, 
we um, were about 52 members and did four and a half. I think at one point we had six million. Let's explain that for the audience. So six million means that as a result of the member members paying for a membership in that chapter, the cumulative business of everybody in the group that came out of that group, it was six million dollars. Right. And, and you're three and a half now kind of rebuilding after the covid yeah, we lost some members with COVID, uh, but we're building back, um, and we've got a great core group of people. And I'm in year four uh, there, but it was it's been a great group for me. I love the the, the members, the location, the time. Uh, it's been a great fit for me, even on a busy day. You know, it's well worth my time to and, go. And the ROI on your investment is ten ten times plus outstanding. The is fir- it really the first year? I think was about eight times uh, what I paid. So yeah, so it's a tremendous. It's a it's a pretty high percentage of my business, and I you know have been very regular and in, in leadership in my chapter for a little while. But it's it's been great. You know, you're in another chapter, so um, you one of the one of the benefits for me is a, is kind of a green business owner is being able to have coffees and one to ones with other members, impressive people, business people owners, with professionals, really great businesses, folks. really really great businesses. Um, you know, just really knowledgeable people that you know you see, you have lunch with them every week, and they'll be more than happy to make some time to meet with you and answer your questions. You know, you've been great to me as far as in that way, as far as, uh, usually I ask you for your opinion. <laughs> sometimes so, it's unsolicited. <laughs> so, sometimes it's unsolicited and I have to go, wait a minute. Did I ask you for your opinion? Yeah. I'm working on that. Uh, yeah. No, slowly. no, but honestly, uh, members like you and friends like you have been huge for me to, you know, try to eliminate those mistakes and just avoid some of those pitfalls and landmines of, you know, uh, the, the, all the decisions that you have to make. Well, you're really good at asking questions and asking for help and I'm happy to help you. And you're also, I, th- I think you be, um, kind of, um, honed a skill for asking the right questions and then trying to implement the answers and avoid making the same mistakes other people have made. Reminds me of a quote, uh, Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others, right? That's true. Uh, I wanted to give people a little more details on BNI in case they don't know what we're talking about. This is, in my opinion, the greatest networking group in the world. It has, I think, 20,000 chapters around the world. Uh, Louisville alone has over 20, I think. Each chapter offers exclusivity to their members. Now, every chapter's price is a little bit different, but somewhere around $2,000 a year is what you're investing. And I tell people, if the 2000 scares you off, the time, the time commitment will certainly scare you off. Because in my opinion, mm-hmm. the amount of time it takes to go to the meeting, invest the time in the meeting and out of the meeting to make it productive is far greater than the financial cost. So I just want to get that out there. But for what you're spending, you're getting exclusivity. There's no other Jason Cross in that group doing what he does. It's true. That's so. true. Yeah, I'm in kind of a strange uh, niche. Uh, I am not a, um, a remodeler or a handyman. I hold the what they call personal services seat. So uh, I worked really well with the, the previous handyman who was in our seat, who was a true handyman, who, you know, had carpentry skills, you know, ceiling fan swap skills. The stuff you don't want to do. Stuff that I don't want to do. And, and so we right. worked really well. That was one of the attractions to that chapter for me is because I was friendly with him. And to your point earlier, he would hire me on to be an extra set of hands on some of his jobs, which allowed me even, even before I joined the chapter 
So my first couple of years, he would say, hey, I need a hand, you know, doing this deck job or whatever it was. And I would basically go and be his laborer, uh, you know, just just doing whatever he needed me to do. And get paid it gave me gave me income. And, you know, it was a win win for him because he was paying me a, a, a fair rate and I was getting, you know, uh, filling my time and learning. Yeah. So um, that's been that was really beneficial and and working and having that you know cohesion with him and being cool with each other and kind of not stepping on each other's toes was a big part. He's since retired, so we actually uh, have an open handyman seat. But that was uh, a big a big thing with staying in my lane mm-hmm. and not you know stepping on the landscape guy's toes or stepping on the painter's toes or. You know, the handyman, we, we still need a handyman. Right. So if you're a handyman, you want to come out Tuesday at, at noon. Yeah, and I've been around the BNI circuit in Louisville. I can safely say if your group isn't the best, it's top three in the city. Um, and there's some We're good a big group. We're yeah. a great group. Uh, it's been, like I said, it's been awesome for me and my business. And just, you know, even, you know, I, I really like, you know, just about everybody in the group. So, yeah, and for reliable tech help for us, it's been great. Uh, my, my annual membership is paid for by January 31st. So, you know, one month and it's all profit after that. A solid third um, of our business comes out of there in one way or another. I get mm-hmm. referrals from pe- from a chapter I haven't even been in in seven years from people that weren't even in that chapter. Yeah. Maybe it was a member's neighbor or their their, their coworker or something. Right. <clears throat> the BNI um, process just keeps giving and giving. <clears throat> I wanted to mention, <clears throat> speaking of... Um, our, excuse me, speaking of ROI, um, I think a common mistake, and here's another tip for those people starting up a business. I think a common mistake people make is they, they either don't track their numbers well or they lie to themselves about their numbers, right? Kind of like the gamblers lie. The more I lose, the more likely it is I'm going to win. And then when I win, I'm going to keep winning, right? The lie they tell themselves. <laughs> okay. And then they also say to themselves, you know, well, I didn't lose as much as, you know, they, Excuse me. Yeah, they lie about their they lie they lie to themselves over and over again to justify this. If it if it's out of control, there's responsible gamblers. But the reason I bring that up is uh, we were talking about ROI, and you knew very you know quickly how much money you make above and beyond what the cost of that is for your annual fee. And I want to put this tip out there for folks: know your numbers. You don't have to know everything. You don't have have to be able to um, uh, you know. Um, prepare and report an entire corporate tax return, but right. you need to have a general understanding of every dollar that comes into your business. How much are your expenses? Say 25 cents. What's your, what are you paying yourself? Say another 30 cents. What are you doing for retained earnings? What are you doing for right. uh, payroll? If you have to make payroll, that kind of stuff. You don't have to have a, a sophisticated, complex understanding of cost of goods sold and mm-hmm. uh, you know, operating profit and all these accounting right. and financial spreadsheets. But you got to you got to have a basic ability, one way or another, to say, okay, I brought in five hundred dollars last week. I better save two fifty to pay my employees, pay myself a hundred, and then save some for an upcoming project. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't do that, or they do it and they're not honest with themselves about it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Can you comment on the role that's played in your business? Well, absolutely. Uh, being a new business owner, I mean, I've I've had plenty of uh, bumps and stumbles and and kind of figuring it out as I go along. But that's another benefit of BNI is uh, you know being able to talk to people like yourself and uh, other members and friends on the best ways to avoid some of that stuff. Um, I'm much better now than I was 
year one, year two, year three, you know, I still got plenty of progress to make. Uh, absolutely. But, um, that's, that's that benefit right there of, you know, navigating that stuff and just getting better at that stuff, uh, with creating new habits is a big benefit of BNI too. Cause like I said, I, I've reached out to you and to a couple people like, Hey, what's the best way to do what, you know, when do you do your, when do you do your end of the week stuff, you know, and things like that and just staying organized. So, and know yourself, right? Know what you're most likely to do and most likely not to do. Right. Know, know yourself in terms of what you're most likely to procrastinate on yeah. versus, you know, yeah. And if you don't know yourself and you don't don't do a deep dive into self-examination, understanding how you work and what makes you tick, what motivates you, what doesn't, then you can't put a plan together to try to make changes to improve those right. types of things, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I've personally seen you make a lot of those changes. Um, I wanted to mention something, too. I made a note here, and I got distracted. I think branding is very important. And the reason I bring that up is because I've loved your branding from day one. Uh, even when it was small stuff, even when it was small stuff, you know, I, I'm kind of reluctant to embrace change. And I was like, why is he changing it from small stuff to small job? It makes perfect sense now. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's a great name. Give them your slogan. Well, handy as a pocket is our slogan. Yeah. So, and, and, and I didn't make that up. My mother who, you know, kind of was the Genesis for the idea told, would say that to me. And, and my understanding is that her mother would say your handy is a pocket knife. Okay. But my mom was, my grandmother was born in like 1900. Okay. So she's been gone since like 94. But I asked my mom, where did you get that from? Yeah. And she said, well, your grandmother would say you're handy as a pocket knife. And she said, I guess I just shortened it. So okay. this is something that she would say to me when I would come over and pick up limbs or whatever I was doing. And she would say, well, you're as handy. And she just said it all my siblings. I'm the youngest of five. So yeah. You're as handy as a pocket is, uh, was from her. And you could pay tribute to her and your grandmother by making that your slogan. So from day one, I, and that's why I have a pocket on my logo because of the, the, the tagline, yeah. uh, our catchphrase, if you will, is handy as a pocket. Sometimes people think that I'm a handyman. So the, the only, I oh, love, I love okay. the slogan. Sometimes people think, oh, well, you're a handyman because you've got a handy in the name. Right. So that is the only kind of downside, uh, but everybody else loves it. I want to tell you a personal story. I love, I didn't, I didn't know the genesis of that. Maybe you told me that if, if you did, I forgot. Yeah. Our name uh, for our IT company is Reliable Tech Help. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are like, why'd you spell it T E K? Well, when I was uh, in high school, there was a, a guy in, in, in J Town where I grew up. And he had a little arcade that he made him, that he started his own. He was an engineer at GE and nights and weekends. He built this arcade up and it was called Tech World and it was spelled T-E-K. And oh, I spent cool. a lot of time there. I got to know him. His name was Percy. He was a great guy. Um, video games and technology and computers and all that kind of stuff are a big theme for me in my life and growing up. And uh, so the, that, that was, was like a, your haven. Part one of them, at least. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I spent a lot of time, a lot of money too. Per, yeah. I'm sure Percy's very happy about that. But um you want to go into how much, how many quarters I pumped into video games. But anyways, um, 
Yeah, so it's kind of, we have that in common. Uh, we're kind of paying homage or tribute to something that influenced us. So that us. kind of stuck out in your mind yeah, that, and that's, you thought. That's one of the reasons I wanted to do oh, it. Oh, very cool. I knew I wanted the word reliable to be in my name because mm-hmm. I would hope that people who know me would say that I'm reliable. Yeah. I wanted to communicate that because a lot of people out there just kind of mailing it in. They'll have a plumbing business or whatever, and they do okay work, and they, right. they show up, and they do decent, you know, but they're not enthusiastic and charismatic and uh reliable you know so right. I, I wanted that and then the word help obviously people need help you know tech help you hear that a lot so uh, i got off on a tangent there i want to come back to the concept of branding uh, i love the fact that there's a pocket on there mm-hmm. um you're handy as a pocket well and it's a to-do list it's it's just peeking out but it's was, a it's was, a pin and uh it's a little tough to see on this pattern but it's it's basically a spiral little spiral memo pad yeah with a pen, just poking out the top of the pocket. So uh, it's 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 what it is a to do list. Yeah, and so that's the whole. So when I was doing branding, I wanted to be specific, and like I said, we finally got there after small stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and became what we needed to be, which is small job, uh, because I kept describing to people, you know, I do small jobs. Yeah. So. But the pen and the pen and the memo, the spiral pad, is because it is for to-do list because often I will come and do three or four things in an hour on someone's to-do list. I love it. It tells the story. It's clever. Did you come up with that or did you collaborate with a graphic designer on that? Or, um, I had the idea for the pocket, like a denim, you know, just a standard denim pocket with, um, and I, you know, probably talked to you about it after, you know, talking about starting this is that, you know, I want kind of a, maybe retro, but just, you know, a simple pocket with, uh, a spiral notepad and a pen. And so we played with different things. A, a graphic designer friend of mine. Um, so you had the core down. You no, I had the core down. I just needed to tweak, tweak it. it. Yeah. And, you know, as far as the rest of my branding, is, you know, which is not much. Uh, it's my logo and handy as a pocket. But as far as like my trailer and stuff like that, I'm, I'm very, uh, I like to tweak it and say, I want this, I want this. And I don't think I'm a total nightmare to work with. But, <laughs> I mean, I definitely know what I will like after seeing a couple of proofs. Well, it's very effective. Um, it's great. Br- it's great branding. I think it makes a really nice presentation when you pull up in someone's driveway too. You're driving. It. You're driving a really nice Jeep with, with your your company colors and your branding, your phone number, your logo, all that on there. Yeah. Your your covered trailer is decked out with that too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My open trailer still needs a little more signage, but um, yeah. but yeah, no. It's it 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 gives people talking it's kind of a good conversation starter when uh mobile advertising when people when people see me in a parking lot or whatever yeah. and they'll say what do you do or yeah whatever so so yeah i mean it definitely has been helpful to not just have you know some little metal uh random stickers on my tailgate or on the side of my truck you know beat up truck or whatever it is i used to have a beat up truck i don't have anything against beat up trucks but yeah but I didn't. I didn't have any branding on that one because it was a little too beat up. Well, and that's where you started. Uh, and it was my second your, vehicle. And you grew your business up, and you scaled it organically. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier. Made your customers pay for yeah a lot of that. But but it definitely uh, is a good calling card. I think to have uh, a good uh, good presence uh, on your vehicle. Yeah. So it's it's definitely helped. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you did that. In steps, as, totally. As you were growing your business, you didn't commit to thousands of dollars. I had, of branding. I had an old uh, Ranger with about two hundred and thirty thousand miles that I put uh, some stuff on the tailgate. It was nice looking truck, but I mean, yeah. it was it was getting up there. 
And that's when I started in 2016 was with that little Silver Ranger uh, that I had for the first couple of years. Yeah, and that's another tip I want to give for those business owners out there uh, thinking about starting a business or growing an existing business. If someone has a problem with you driving a beat-up truck, that's their problem, right? Mm-hmm. And, and whatever car or resources you're using now, you're not, you're not set in stone to, to have those forever. Right. Do start with what you have. Yeah, is the concept. I, I think the mention. tendency, like you said, is it, for me was you know oh, I need to get business cards, I need to get legitimate, I need to get this, but brand new truck. Yeah, you know I would I would love a new box truck. I'm actually looking for a bigger trailer. I've got a five by eight, and so I need I do need one that I won't hit my head in because I've hit my head in this trailer so many times that I think I'm ready for for one that I can stand up in uh, for to expand, uh, but also for my head. Yeah, but um, you know, I would love you know a big box truck and everything else, but we're able to do you know a lot of good good work and uh, help a lot of people with what we have, and so you know we we are pretty pretty conservative with you know uh, just just making the most out of what we have and and doing the best we can, and you know I'm with not what, with what you have. Yeah, I'm not always in uh, some days. I go through two or three, this time of year, two or three T-shirts. So I may grab just a plain black T-shirt. So I'm sure. not always 100% wearing my stuff. But when I pull up to your house or your business, you're going to see my logo and you're going to see me. And I may be wearing a cap that yeah. I'm, you know, uh, I'm a professional. And no offense to Chuck in the truck because he's starting where he's at. But mm-hmm. you ha- have a very professional appearance your your branding is prominent that gives you credibility when you knock on somebody's door especially for the first time right i think it does yeah, yeah most people are uh very receptive to my logo and and assume that you know i'm going to be able to help them yeah you know what you're doing you're going to do mm-hmm. right by them that kind of thing yeah yeah um, i want to talk about cash flow and debt correct me if i'm wrong your business doesn't have any debt and it never has right that's correct. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, ran on a shoestring and still, you know, we've got a little, we've got a little breathing room, but we um, don't like, we keep our overhead low. And uh, like I said, I don't, I don't have any debt. We have um, a couple of different trailers that we use. I'm getting ready to expand, uh, probably get rid of the, the five by eight and go into like a six by 12 that I can stand up in. Mm-hmm. Um, some jobs I rent a truck. So um, I didn't want to buy a box truck because I don't need a box truck on every job. And I've done small moves and I've done whole house moves. I I moved an acquaintance of mine's mother from uh, Oldham County to J-Town and we had a 26-foot truck and a 16-foot truck. Mm -hmm. And I had a crew of six of us. So that was the largest job we ever did. So I have held off buying like a 12 or 14 foot box truck because sometimes I need a 16 foot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I need a 20 foot. So to your point, I don't want the stress and the overhead of, you know, and I also don't want to drive a 16 foot box truck on a daily basis. Or if I'm going to move a refrigerator or a laundry pair, I don't need a 12 foot or a 16 foot truck. So that's why we decided to go the trailer route um, because I like driving a personal vehicle that has my business logo, but the trailers give me flexibility. And then I can also rent, uh, I've got a partner that, that I rent box trucks from here in town, uh, Penske trucks over at, uh, Scott over at fragile pack is always taking care of me for the last few years because in the warmer months, especially year round, but, um, I'll do, you know, a lot of 16 foot trucks and 20 foot trucks 
on moves. Uh, so that has, has really helped give me flexibility to where, you know, I don't have a 14-foot box truck sitting. And, yes, I could wrap it for an expense and go park it somewhere and get visibility that way and, and, and use it for advertising. But I just, you know, I just really like to keep my expenses low. Yeah, that's a good lesson for people. Tr- try to avoid debt like the plague. Uh, if, if, you ha- if you have to go into debt for something, you, you can't afford it by definition, right? Yeah. Um, and then dragging payments behind you. You know, a lot of people start a business. They go buy a $40,000 brand new truck and yeah. they're paying six or $700 a month. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest killers of a young business that's fragile and new is cash flow. And if you got 30, 40, 50% of your cash flow going out in payments to some bank for something right. you didn't have to have to do your job, right. that can be a backbreaker. Um, you mentioned renting. I want to touch on that. There's no shame in renting. You've rented tools and stuff for jobs, right? On occasion, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, I mean, I get asked to do so many different things that uh, we've rented augers. Uh, we did uh, a fence removal for a new customer, and they had a four-foot uh, uh, fence. And so I called my fr- friend who builds fences, uh, Brent, mm-hmm. Louisville Fences and Decks, and I said, man, what is the best way? I was bid- getting ready to bid the job. I thought I could do it. I wanted to do it. And I said, what's the best way to get these 50? 50- 24 fence posts out because I hadn't done it before really to that degree. Mm -hmm. And it was a new customer and nice neighborhood. And so he said, you know, do that, do that. And so we rented the auger and our crew went out and zip, 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 and pulled all that out. The nice thing about that job was repurposing. Mm. So lumber prices are high. Oh yeah. So I started looking and I've moved some things on Facebook marketplace because I often will, uh, people will have me throw stuff away like a working TV or whatever, working fridges, whatever. So I try to keep stuff out of landfill. And so I have, you know, given things away free on marketplace. I've sold things on marketplace. Uh, but I listed this fence, uh, after I got the job and, I was scheduled to go out there and, and take this. It was a shadow box too, which are expensive to build, but it was, it was needed a little cleaning, but it was solid. And so I put it on Facebook marketplace and a lady and her sister and her son came out a couple Fridays ago and hauled away panels. We cut the panels off the posts and hauled away about 2000 pounds of fence. And they, um, or repurposing it, and it kept it out of landfill. It kept my expenses down because I didn't have to have a dumpster, which, of course, was great. But uh, it was really nice that it worked out that way. Because that, so that was a first. Yeah. And so um, you mentioned that. I think people would be surprised what it actually costs to rent stuff. It's usually very reasonable, right? It's oh, not as yeah. much as you would think. Oh, yeah. The auger was $65 or something For the like whole that. day? So and you did hundreds of, hundreds of dollars? It's about five hours. Or? Yeah, okay. it was about five hours. So, yeah, Home, De- Home Depot tool rental I've used a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned selling things on Facebook Marketplace. I can't tell you how many uh, laptop parts, laptops, computers, throwaway stuff. Mm-hmm. The customers asked me to throw away or recycle and I put it on eBay and made some money on it. And that, yeah. that's another tip I want to give the business owners is you have to be resourceful, right? There's a lot of ways turning otherwise trash into something, even if it's like you got 50 bucks. Somebody's for trash is somebody else's treasure. I mean, I gave away a TV uh, last week, an older flat panel, sharp Aquos TV that worked fine, but you know, it was 
four inches thick. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I will try, and I've had, you know, called customers and said, hey, I got a customer giving away something, you know, some yard art, an antique yard thing. And so I called one of my other customers and I said, hey, and, and I can't spend all day on this stuff, but yeah. I will try and be creative and get stuff, you know, keep it out of the landfill, keep it used. Uh, I've taken stuff to, you know, consignment stores, things like that. And, you know, old records, mm-hmm. uh, I sold some old records and, you know, I just, I just hated throwing them away. Yeah. Same here. It's not sitting in landfill. Someone's enjoying it Yeah, and you might even be able to make a few bucks on it or save yourself the cost of hauling it away, which yeah. makes your profit margin on your job higher. Yeah. So everybody benefits. Metal scrap. I yeah. will uh, do haulaways for a lot of realtors and you know, Oh man, there's still crap in the basement and the mechanical room. You know, can you go over there? We've got a closing tomorrow or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So I will list, uh, either I'll take it myself or I've listed metal scrap just because I don't want it in the dumpster in the landfill. Yeah. So, you know, throughout, throughout running this business, I am trying to have an impact on, you know, not just throwing everything away, Yeah. even though it's probably quicker uh, and I can't always do it, but I will make an effort to, yeah, to try to do that. And it feels good. The planet is rare. It might be the only one we have that can support life. Yeah. And there's only so many resources, and why not try to make a difference when you can? You yeah. yeah, yeah. Taking stuff down to uh, the scrapyard, um, you know, often I get less than twenty bucks, but you know, it buys buys my lunch, and it takes me an extra thirty minutes, or maybe I take it to the landfill uh, down in the city, and I don't get paid for it, but just walking it over to the metal dumpster, um, you know, yeah. little little things can add up. And you might leave a cleaner planet for your son and his children if he That's has right. some, that kind of thing. That's true. Yeah, well, I'd like to wrap up this part of the uh, show by uh, uh, thanking you for being here. Again, this is Jason Cross with Small Job Service. Tell them how they can interact with you. What's your website? What's your phone number? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, my phone number is 502-309-6074. I wish it had some sort of catchy, handy pocket acronym uh, with the numbers, but that's yeah. my number. Facebook is really good. Uh, we're hoping to do some Instagram pretty soon, but small job service on Facebook. You'll see pretty much weekly posts of some of the variety of jobs that we do. Um, my email is callsmalljob at gmail.com. And they can also go to, is it smalljobservice.com? And that, that they'll small. take them right to the Facebook yeah. uh, business page? Yeah. I Give haven't them. checked it in a while, but yeah, uh, okay. smalljobservice.com. Give them the phone number and the email address one more time. 502-309-6074. Call smalljob at, at gmail.com. Perfect. Uh, well, thanks for being here. Um, the next segment is called Three Questions, mm. and, it, and it's brought to you by our nonprofit, See Good to Be Good, which aims to act as a source of hope, motivation, and inspiration to help folks achieve their dreams. We're currently accepting donations to help fund our needs-based scholarship to help a young person pay for their education. So if you want to get involved with that or you want to contribute, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you about that. I feel an obligation because of all the people that have helped me and how good this community has been to me to help other people. So that's kind of the... uh, Well, shout out out to you, and I'll cut you off there. Shout out to you. uh, Be good to... See good to be good. See good to be good. Well, you know, it's easy to be cynical. And it is for me. I'll speak for myself. Yeah, but there is so much good being done by local business owners, people, you know, customers. And, you know, it can get stressful as a business owner. But I appreciate that because there is a lot of good 
Mm-hmm. And as, as for myself, I have to remind myself and focus uh, on that and just keep that attitude because, you know, some, day, some days are tougher than others. Yeah. But uh, I love that. Uh, see good to be good. Yeah, the idea was um, people have to see good being done to be good or do good. So it just kind of occurred to me. Well, uh, yeah, I like that. And and, and when I see good, I you know I think that just snowballs and and creates even more change for good. So yeah, when I do something nice for someone, I tell them two things. The first one is I do it for selfish reasons because helping people makes me happy. It's kind of a joke, but and the second thing I say is I'm not doing it for free. You know what the cost is. You got to go help somebody else. Right. I help you. You help somebody else. We're even. Right. So I like that. Thank you. Uh, that being said, let's go. So, question number one: Why are you successful? Why am I successful? Well, I would say that I deliver uh, on what we show up to do um, in a timely. You know, we 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 do what people hire us to do, and you know, be res- we're respectful and. Uh, show up 95% of the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it's tough because some of these jobs, I, if I've got three and four in a day, they run long. But you're going to call your client and tell them if you're running later. You yeah, I mean, I do my very best to do yeah. that yeah. and respect people's time. So integrity. Yeah. Question number two, why are you happy? Why am I happy? Well, having a purpose, I think, is, is a big part of it. Um, I'm a father. I've got a 15-year-old son who's a freshman in high school. So that has been uh, pretty amazing since he's been around. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was a father a little later. I was 37. So um, I always wanted kids, and I have one. So that is a big part of of having a purpose. Um, And I think being being, uh, enjoying life with him and getting to know him and and being an example for him is is big. Um, And, you know... Uh, I enjoy a pretty well-rounded life. Yeah. Why am I happy? Is that the question? Yeah. Yeah. What makes me happy? Yeah. Yeah. Those... Larry, how'd you get there? What, what is happiness to you? Well, you know, uh, finding things that I enjoy and continuing to do those. Yeah. You know, we have some things in common. You said you relate to the sun game. I got you beat. I was 40 when I had my one and only child, my son, mm-hmm. having my son is the greatest experience of my life. The greatest honor and joy of my life is being his dad and being in his life every day. I can't imagine my life without it. So we have that in common. Um, uh, there was something else we had in common too. I was thinking about, um, we both have cool moms. Both have cool your moms. Mom, your Shout mom out. called me yesterday. Oh, good. For, to do more stuff. Yeah. Good, good. Shout out to the moms out there. Happy belated Mother's Day to That's those right. moms. Um, so question number three, what obligation do you feel to help other people? Good question. Well, you spoke on it at the beginning of the segment, be good, I, and I'm going to screw it up. See good I have to some be good. Of, see good to be good. Yeah. Well, um, I do some volunteer work. I'm a regular platelet donor, so I'm uh, getting. I always get a lot of calls from the Red Cross to come and donate platelets. Um, I started doing that 16, 17 years ago, so uh, I do that regularly. I also um, have volunteered with my son down at Ronald McDonald House mm-hmm. in Kentuckyana. That's down. Uh, gosh, what is it? First or Second Street? So. I'm friendly with their development director in my group. And so we have gone down as a group, as a chapter, and also I've gone down individually. And so I try, I try and do that stuff because it keeps me, it, it feeds me. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, often a bigger paycheck than 
what I do for my day job. So I, I have a few places that I like to, to volunteer. Great. And just, and it helps you honor the, uh, the memory and the, and the, um, the kindness that other people have um, extended to you. Yeah. You know, and my mother, my dad did some kind of service work, but my mom raised six kids. And so every Wednesday for 25 years, she would go down and push the reading cart at Cosair Children's downtown Wednesdays from like noon to two, like my whole childhood. Mm. So I got that from her. So she would, she would, you know, the kids that can't come to the library, there was a cart called, uh, it was the book and look room. Yeah. So whenever I do some, you know, most of the time when I do that, I think of her and I got that from her. So that feels really good to me to, yeah. To volunteer because it, I feel legacy. a connection, you know, I mean, I, I yeah. got that primarily from my mom. That's nice. Yeah. Um, the thing that did, I slipped my mind a minute ago was, um, you, you and I also have sobriety in common. We don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't, you know, do any pills or anything. We both have been that way for a long time. And I think that's a contributing factor to our success, our happiness, having a clear mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Being Absolutely. sober. So I want, I wanted to mention that, um, it's cha- it's it's a it was a game changer for me. I haven't done it in a long time. I uh, am not particularly a, a really smart person, but I just fortunately very early realized that I was uh, out of control from like fifteen to eighteen, and so I just was went to rehab and actually the light switch came on that you know if I want to live, I need to you know and not just you know suffer and survive, uh, I really need to stop doing what I was doing. Yeah. So that is a big part of, uh, my lifestyle. Yeah. So I just was lucky enough to go to the, uh, the Derby and they gave us a, a a wristband for all the food and drinks that you could have. And I, um, not applicable. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, they didn't really make, and they didn't really lose money on me on the booze because I didn't drink any. Doing your part. But that's yeah, a big part. I didn't have a problem. I just decided I didn't want to do it anymore, and my, my life's been better for it. Well, that, that's a good way to wrap up that segment of our show. Um, I'd like to give an inspirational quote before we finish up here. One of my favorite people of all time is Albert Einstein. And uh, he said, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, besides being kind and compassionate, which are more important, but right below, below that on my tombstone whatever that looks like, I'd like it to say um, he was curious and persistent. So I don't think I have any special talent myself. I just uh, don't give up, and I pursue the things I'm curious about. Uh, If you would like to be a guest on our show or you would like help creating and or distributing your own podcast content, please contact us for more information. I'd also like to take a moment to thank the talented people that work behind the scenes to make this podcast happen. There's the effervescent producer David Snyder running audio and video. Golf clap. The intrepid David Snyder casting and scripting the show. Mm. And finally, the brilliant and gifted David Snyder editing and distributing the show online. So a big thanks to those uh, those fine people. That's a trifecta <laughs> team right there. <laughs> uh, thank you to our guest, Jason Cross, with Small Jobs Service. His information, how you can connect with him and interact with him, will be in the show notes on any of the nine platforms that we're on. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, and thank you uh, to to our listeners and our sponsors for helping make this podcast possible and hopefully successful. And we'll see you real soon on a future episode of the Respect the Math podcast.